Welcome to Scuderia F1, the podcast that's always up to speed with the latest Formula One news. Follow us on Twitter at Scuderia F1 Pod and subscribe to the show on iTunes and Stitcher. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Daly and Kevin Laramang. Hey everybody, what is up? Welcome to the podcast. It is always up to speed with Formula One here on the Overtime Media Network. Mark Daly, welcome you back to the show this week. And I hope wherever you are, that uh, you are safe, you are healthy, and uh, you are doing okay in these very disturbing and troubling and very turbulent times. And again, please, please, please do whatever it takes to stay healthy amidst this uh, coronavirus pandemic. Listen to the advice of your healthcare professionals and governmental officials, wherever you may be. And let's hope that we can persevere and get through this sooner rather than later. Anyways, there is lots of Formula One news this week. And like every other aspect of life at the moment, most of it is related to the continued fallout and uh, repercussions of the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic situation. So, but at least we're going to start off with a a little bit of good news. And this was really cool. So uh, Mercedes is uh, part of this uh, Project Pit Lane scheme in the the UK. And uh, they helped uh, with some of their uh, engineers help uh, design a a breathing aid in less than 100 hours that uh, will help um, reduce uh, pressure on the healthcare system. It's called the Continuous Positive Airway Pressure Breathing Aid, and it's uh, designed to keep uh, people that are infective, uh, infected with COVID-19 out uh, of intensive care. It's been used quite a bit in Italy and China, and apparently 50% of the patients in Italy that were given uh, what's called it's uh, CPAP for short, invo- uh, avoided the need for invasive uh, mechanical ventilation via ventilator or something like that. So uh, there was a, a shortage of CPAP uh, devices in the uh, the United Kingdom. So anyways, engineers uh, worked literally around the clock um, to, to get this thing uh, designed. And they went from their initial meetings to the first uh, production device in less than 100 hours. And that is absolutely astonishing. And uh, it's been uh, approved by the National Health Service in the United Kingdom. And uh, I think it's just uh, wonderful. Anyways, uh, Mercedes HPP Chief Andy Cowell had to say, quote, the Formula One community has shown an impressive response to the call for support coming together in the Project Pit Lane Collective to support the national lead at uh, at this time across a number of different projects. We have been proud to put our resources at the service of UCL to deliver the CPAP project to the higher standards and the fastest possible time frame. And uh, Professor Tim Baker of UCL Mechanical Engineering had to say, quote, given the urgent need, we are thankful we're able to reduce a process that could take years down to a matter of days. From being given the brief, we worked all hours of the day, disassembling and analyzing an off-patent device. Using computer simulations, we improved the device further to create a state-of-the-art version suited to mass production. We were privileged to call on the capability of Formula One, a collaboration made by the possible close links between UCL Mechanical Engineering and HPP, end quote. That is uh, absolutely astonishing. Apparently, the British government has already placed an order of uh, 10,000 uh, ventilators uh, with a consortium that includes several UK uh, F1 teams, uh, as well as Airbus, BA Systems, and also Ford. Um, the government there predicted they need 30,000 ventilators, but only has 8,000 in use, which... <laughs> You know, with another 8,000 on order from international suppliers, but everybody everywhere needs them. And, uh, you know, this uh, device, this CPAP uh, device uh, to, to get it working and designed and approved by the uh, the National Health Service in uh, such record time is, uh, 
hopefully it helped make the, 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 the difference because uh, these are scary times, dire times. And um, I, I think it's a, a wonderful com- uh, contribution that uh, the, the ingenuity and the power of Formula One can be uh, harnessed uh, in such a positive manner to, to hopefully make um, a difference. Anyways, uh, the the boat international circuit uh, in India has been uh, temporarily uh, being co- uh, converted into a quarantine uh, facility, and uh, this is uh, the, the the facility which uh, hosted the uh, Indian Grand Prix between uh, 2011 and 2014, and it's going to be used to house migrant workers that were leaving uh, Delhi to go to their um, their their hometowns after the the country locked down and imposed a 21 day uh, lockdown back on uh, March 25th, so just uh, a little over a week ago. Anyways, uh, well, we all know that uh, COVID-19 cases are increasing exponentially everywhere around uh, the, uh, the the world, and uh, India's uh, no difference. Uh, maybe they're a little bit earlier along in the curve, as they say, compared to some other co- countries. But anyways, uh, officials in India were a little bit wary of letting tens of thousands of workers just leave from the capital city uh, at the risk of um, spreading uh, the, the, the virus, the disease, into smaller towns and villages uh, in, in neighboring states and going back to their own uh, uh, villages and towns and cities. Anyways, uh, JP Sports City, which includes the Bud International Circuit, uh, will be a temporary shelter for these um, uh, migrant workers until they end their, their lockdown on April 14th, so about uh, 10 days uh, from now by the time this uh, podcast uh, goes out uh, for download. Anyways, uh, the, the parts of the facility, including the track itself, will be uh, cordoned off, the, the core parts of the the, the facility and the, and the pits and stuff like that, but local authorities Authorities are confident they can make space for at least 5,000 people in the sports city, uh, according to the local um, uh, media there. Anyways, again... Uh, like I say, there's uh, just uh, so many different uh, things going on right now. We're, we're seeing different uh, d- different facilities being used for different things, um, uh, sports venues being turned into field hospitals and things like that here in Vancouver, where I live. They've uh, turned the uh, the Vancouver Con- Convention Center into a temporary hospital. This is uh, meant to um, uh, house uh, patients that are non-COVID-19 uh, patients. Uh, should the, uh, they, well, basically what they've done is in the, the province of uh, British Columbia, they've designated 19 uh, provinces around BC uh, for primary care facilities for COVID-19 patients. And the Vancouver uh, Convention Center will be become a temporary hospital hospital for people that uh, that uh, have been hospitalized but um, aren't in need of uh, in, uh, intensive care or uh, you know r- real intense sort of uh, medical treatments I'm, I'm not a doctor medical professional so terminology ex- uh, escapes me a little ways but it's uh, just uh, part of a larger trend we're seeing all around uh, the, the world at the moment anyways uh, let's there, let's move on um, now the big question is what will happen in Formula One will it be able to survive if uh, there's a, a big financial meltdown obviously the economy uh, globally is uh, completely shut down to a large extent uh, at the moment uh, some most parts of uh, humanity are under some some form of lockdown at uh, at the moment in the province of Ontario today. Uh, Premier Rob Ford made the uh, 
excuse me, made the move to to shut down uh, the construction industry, which has been going for the past uh, couple of weeks. It's uh, basically uh, completely shut down now, the province. The only things uh, left in uh, construction are vital infrastructure projects and uh, some um, residential construction projects that are already in, in progress and uh, they're going to be watching them extra uh, extra close and, and, and things like that. So it's, you know, things are really tightened down as um, the government's and officials everywhere try to flatten the curve, plank the curve, uh, as they say, to, to try and limit the spread of the disease and, and the damage and the havoc that it's uh, causing uh, around the world. So Formula One, obviously not immune. I mean, we would have been right into the into the, uh, the, the the thick of the season already. We would have had a couple of races under our belts. I mean, now it's looking uh, that the, the start of the season, should it actually get going, would be here at my home Grand Prix, at uh, the, the Canadian Grand Prix on the 11th to 14th of June, which is 69 days from today on, uh, f- um, sorry, I was going to say February 3rd. How naive and blissful we were just a couple of months ago. Anyways, uh, today is April 3rd while I'm uh, recording this podcast. So 69 days from now. Seems a little bit of uh, wishful thinking considering how uh, this uh, situation just seems to spiral out of control more and more each and every day. But... It, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that, uh, gets, uh, get, gets canceled. Anyways, we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about, um, what might happen, uh, with some possible scenarios for the Formula One season a little bit, uh, later in the show. Anyways, well, that, that is a big question. Like I say, that, uh, the, you know, what is going to happen to the face of, of Formula One, uh, on the financial side? If uh, the, the worst case of a scenario of a completely canceled, uh, 2020 season actually, uh, comes to pass. I mean, at this moment, at this date, there are still 14 races on the schedule. Um, and there, there were six that are already canceled, uh, at the moment. Um, well, except for, uh, Monaco and Australia, they were completely, uh, canceled. Uh, the other, um, the other ones they've been uh, postponed and they're potentially in line to get uh, a new date. I mean, uh, the, the Dutch Grand Prix was one of them. Anyways, a week ago, F1 uh, CEO Chase Carey was saying that uh, they're still looking at the possibility of somewhere between 15 and 18 um, uh, races. But it really <laughs> seems like a bit of a stretch at the moment. Uh, I mean, uh, government officials here in Canada have been saying that uh, social distancing measures are going to be in in place for weeks, most likely months. And, uh, you know, they're an- anticipating that uh, in, in Ontario, I mean, uh, as uh, I was watching the the uh, press conference with uh, Premier Ford earlier today, that they say that the, the ramifications of repercussions could go on for up to two years. And I mean, uh, they're, they're anticipating there might be a, a second wave of infections in the fall and... God, I just uh, can't imagine what that uh, would be like. I mean, we're not even through the first wave here. I mean, um, you, you still see the, the the news around the world, and uh, it really seems <laughs> it seems like wishful thinking at the uh, at the moment. As much as we would all love to see our favorite sports and activities come back, but um, it's really going to be a, a long, tough road to hoe before we get back to that um, situation. Who knows what? Uh, what might happen with the sports in the, um, uh 
in in the future. Anyways, uh, a report that was issued uh, earlier this week on Thursday, Moody's gave Formula One or the uh, Alpha Topco Limited, that's the the the, the holding company, a B two debt rating that uh, will basically involves uh, some risk. And Moody also added that the uh, uh, look has been changed from negative uh, to po- uh, positive. Uh, but you know, it doesn't sound very promising at uh, the the movement. Uh, you know, when when you read that. But anyways, uh, Moody uh, explained um, the 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 future of Formula One as follows, quote, the rapid widening spread of the coronavirus outbreak, deteriorating global economic outlook, falling oil prices and asset price declines are creating a severe and extensive credit shock across many sectors, regions and markets. The combined credit effects of these developments are unprecedented as it adversely affect F1 due to disruptions to the race calendar. Uh, It is not possible to predict the outcome of the 2020 season at this stage with a range of possible outcomes from modest curtailment to around 15 to 18 races to a full cancellation of the season. Uh, Moody's also has an expectation for weakened earnings and cash flow generation, higher leverage and liquidity erosion in 2020 as a result of this disruption to the race calendar. End quote. <laughs> so it does, uh, you know, it doesn't sound very positive, uh, but even uh, without the, uh, the the COVID-19 impacting uh, the, the 2020 uh, uh, calendar, uh, Moody's uh, also went on to say, quote, Moody's does not expect a renewed Concord agreement to result in a less favorable economic outcome for the company. Nevertheless, there remains a degree of execution risk until a new agreement is signed, end quote. So, I mean, yeah, there are a number of things going on in Formula One. And, you know, we all think that uh, this is such a, a big sport, uh, that, that there's just a, a vast amount of money in it, but that's not really the case. And I, I kind of wonder what is going to happen to, to some of the smaller teams, uh, the, the, the teams that don't have the deep pockets of a, a Mercedes or a Ferrari and who knows even teams like uh, Red Bull, how they, they would fare. But uh, you go further down the grid and, uh, you know, what about Williams? I mean, they've been struggling for a while, obviously. I mean, they've been, been at the pinnacle of uh, Formula One in the long past, but in the past uh, several years, they've been right down at the bottom. And I mean, they they have not scored very many points over the past uh, several years. So there's a reduced uh, earnings in the in the piece of the pie that they're sharing of uh, Formula One, and uh, it, uh, it it really really uh, makes you wonder. Anyway, so they do see, that's Moody's that is, they do see some hope uh, for Formula One. Uh, even if the season is completely lost and wiped out, they, they, the analysts at the company uh, at Moody's believe that Formula One has the, um, the, the ability to recover next year in 2021 and uh, the years beyond that. Assuming, and this is a, of course the, the big if, if the calendar gets back to normal and they get this uh, new Concord agreement uh, signed. Anyways, uh, Moody has uh, had to uh, finally sum up um, Formula One's strengths as, quote, the company's cost flexibility, low capital spending, and strong liquidity headroom to manage through severe downside scenarios, including a full cancellation of the 2020 season. The resilient nature of the company's cash flows driven by multi-year contracts and the strength of the Formula One franchise supporting recovery of business and financial performance after the coronavirus crisis, end quote. Anyways, who knows? There, there are a lot and lot of uh, questions out there that uh, that need to be answered, and a lot of these things obviously won't be dealt with and, and answered until life goes back to normal, whenever that may be. Anyways, time for a very quick break here on the Overtime Media Network. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a moment. 
passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, well, welcome back to the show. Okay, well, sticking with the the, the turmoil and the uncertainty and all the question marks uh, surrounding Formula One at the the moment and apparently uh, the impact of the coronavirus crisis on the Formula One teams is going to be difficult to to, uh, predict. And that comes via Fred Vasseur, the uh, team principal at uh, Alfa Romeo. And uh, he says nobody really knows how deep the the, the coronavirus crisis will affect Formula One as uh, the the teams uh, continue to have talks to try and uh, cut costs and save what uh, what jobs that uh, they can. I mean, you look at the numbers, uh, not just uh, here in Canada, but the United States around the world, the amount of people that uh, have been laid off and that are uh, applying for emergency benefits uh, from governments. I mean, it is absolutely mind-blowing it is uh just it is just uh, really shocking and obviously formula one uh, is 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 no difference anyways uh Vassur in an interview with uh, motorsport.com he had to say quote uh, the issue is that we don't know how deep the crisis will be we don't know if we will be able to start in montreal or not it is a bit difficult to have a clear understanding of what the situation and uh, what will be the season today. We're struggling to build up something strong and a decent season, but you never know. In the end, it is difficult for us to imagine what will be the impact on the teams. We have to be reactive. We are working on defining plans to try and have a plan B and a plan C and all the letters of the alphabet. In the end, we have to understand that the decisions being taken by the authorities are now more and more important, and we have to manage the situation like this. End quote. Anyways, uh, some other uh, teams like McLaren, they've already uh, outlined uh, what, uh, or they've actually confirmed what their uh, cost reduction plan is. I mean, that includes uh, company-wide pay cuts and a uh, number of staff uh, being furloughed or being given uh, temporary layoffs until the uh, the, the crisis of uh, is over. Anyways, um, Vasseur, on the other hand, he thinks that uh, all, uh, all the teams, regardless, big or uh, small, and this includes the manufacturers, not just uh, privateer teams, will be put under a lot of pressure that uh, by, by what is uh, just happening. Um, of course, uh, he, he feels that uh, he's focusing on what's happening with uh, Alfa Romeo, but uh, he did also have to say, quote, I don't know exactly what their situation is, but I think it'll be the same for everyone. All the car manufacturers are facing the crisis. Red Bull is probably also saying less cans than the past year as all the pubs and bars around the world are closed. The crisis is for everybody, but we have to react. We have to react collectively. It's not uh, to know who is the most affected or not, but it's to find solutions. We are collectively affected and we have to find a strong reaction to focus on something very solid, end quote. And that's just the same uh, with uh, with anyone anywhere. It's uh, everybody is just uh, trying to find 
something normal in this uh, situation, trying to find their feet. Uh, it, it has been difficult uh, for, for everyone. I mean, uh, we just go kind of think back a couple of weeks ago, just um, how life was just going on at normal. And then uh, it, it is uh, completely taken a 180. And uh, there's just uh, so much un, uh, uncertainty everywhere in the world in all aspects of life. I mean, people are worried about their jobs, their incomes, paying their mortgage, their rent, all these different things. And I mean, of course, the obvious one about um, the, the, their, their health and the family of their their families, their friends, their loved ones. I mean, it is a very, very stressful time. And it is a, no area, no company, no family, no one person isn't affected by this crisis. Anyway, so I'm going to move on to the next one here. And this show is rated E for everyone. So just cover your ears here because this one really is a what the fuck moment. Pardon my French. But Helmut Marco wanted to create what he called a Corona camp to infect the Red Bull drivers. How goddamn irresponsible and downright bloody stupid is this? He wanted to get the team's drivers deliberately infected with COVID-19. I mean, I mean, he's a, apparently a very outspoken, outspoken in his views, um, in, in his advisory role to, to Dietrich Meischitz. Uh, and he, he felt that exposing the, the Red Bull drivers to the coronavirus now would make them immune in the future when the, the racing season got going again. Um, I I literally have no words for this. I mean, I, I think this is just grossly irresponsible and just downright bloody stupid. I mean, they have four Formula One drivers and about 10 junior drivers, and he wanted to get a camp together, which, uh, you know, <laughs> would to, what, what he said to bridge this dead time. I, uh, again, just, uh, incredible. And he said that would be the ideal time for, for them to, to come and get infected. He said, uh, all these guys are young men in really good health. And, uh, he said that that way that uh, it would be an ideal way for them to prepare for whenever the a- action starts and, uh, be whatever ready for what would be a very uh, tough formula one, uh, <clears throat> And championship uh, ahead. Anyways, um, he was really convinced in his own mind um, with with this thing. But unsurprisingly, he said that uh, his proposal did not go down with anybody else at Red Bull. So it was uh, abandoned and he said uh, it was not uh, well received. Um it is just uh, incredible. I mean, uh, it just if you look at uh, a lot of the things, I know that uh, that a lot of uh, you know older people, uh, most of the deaths uh, that that I've heard about, uh, especially uh, here in Canada, have been like over sixty. But w- what we're learning each and every day is that this virus can attack anyone of any age, and if uh, and it doesn't matter if you're more uh, you, you have a, a, a compromised immune system or you're elderly. I mean, there, there are people of all ages succumbing to this virus. So willing, you know, somebody like this, you know, really wanting to go out and, and, and to purposely get his drivers infected, it, uh, it just blows my mind as just how reckless and just how idiotic and just how just downright stupid it is. I, I just, uh, I, I can't believe uh, that was even an idea, but Thankfully, that uh, that was uh, blown out of the water by uh, you know other people at uh, Red Bull. <laughs> I think anybody with uh, you know that was even remotely sane would be absolutely horrified to hear that. Anyways, uh, we're we're going to talk now a little bit uh, about uh, the, uh, the the cancellation of the Formula One season and uh, some of the, the the plans maybe to get the the season back on track at some point and maybe some different scenarios as how that uh, might look. 
Anyways, uh, Alberto Puch, the who is the team manager of the Honda's uh, MotoGP team, uh, labeled uh, Formula One uh, hesitant, and he was uh, critis- uh, critical about them after uh, talking about uh, their decision uh, to cancel the uh, opening uh, Formula One uh, race at, uh, at, at uh, in Australia and Melbourne a couple of weeks ago. And uh, well, we all know the controversy because all the teams were there. They literally canceled the, the 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 entire weekend just a couple of hours before the first practice sessions, and it only really came after the, uh, the the decision was made by uh, McLaren to withdraw from the race after one of their um, team members had tested uh, positive uh, for um, uh, COVID-19. Anyways, uh, MotoGP, they were a little bit more proactive in their approach uh, to, to deal with the situation. And they canceled their opening uh, race, their season opening race, uh, that is, in Qatar a week before it was uh, due to be held. And uh, that was because of travel restrictions in the country. And then uh, quickly thereafter, they also postponed uh, races in Thailand, the USA, Argentina, and Spain, well in advance of uh, any of those uh, events uh, that uh, were going to, to be run. And uh, they basically uh, did it uh, with the um, you know the advice of the different health authorities in the different uh, countries. And uh, they, they really went. To, to look evaluate to, to see what they could do and where they could uh, do it uh, but uh, it was uh, really uh, different um, you know compared to a lot of the uh, the, the different uh, sports uh, that out were, were out there I mean Formula One they tried to get the you know the the, the opening uh, race of the season in I mean they, they were ahead of uh, things uh, by canceling the, the the Chinese Grand Prix but they really didn't have a choice when they they, they canceled the race in Shanghai there because that was uh, really before the situation uh, in Wuha uh, sorry in Wuhan and um, uh, was starting to get under control, so that that was logical. I mean that that the, the writing was on the wall there for for a while, but. Uh, I, I guess it was really before the situation in other countries really started to um, become more serious. So you could kind of see why they, they they wanted to try and get away with it and try and run it. But it was just uh, too much of a, a, a risk. And there's been, well, we all know what's uh, happened uh, since then around uh, the, the, the world. But anyways, MotoGP and um, the, the, the opinion of Puich is, uh, you know, was ahead of uh, things. Because if you look at some of the soccer leagues or also the what the IOC uh, was going through just, uh, you know, they were very reluctant to postpone the 2020 Summer Olympic Games in Tokyo in Japan. Uh, they they've um, they actually did go ahead. Obviously, I'm sure a lot of you have heard this by now. It's been postponed till 2021, uh, but they really were going to try and get away with that and still hold the games uh, the, the this summer with uh, you know which again seemed very wishful thinking considering that we we really don't have any end in sight uh, to the current pandemic at the at the at the moment i mean it, it is so fluid it's changing each and every day and if we don't know what's going to be happening in a week, how are, how are we supposed to plan out even uh, several months ahead as to, yeah, sure, you know, everything's going to be good enough or okay enough to actually hold the uh, the Olympic Games uh, this summer. Anyways, interesting to, to, to hear the, uh, the, the the thoughts and the opinions of uh, somebody in a, a high-level motorsport uh, like Pooch. Uh, and, and, uh, but, I mean, it's hard to argue with it. Uh, you know, I, I think that um, I have to agree with them. I think that it was a, a good move by MotoGP to, to get ahead of things and uh, be proactive rather than reactive and uh, ultimately you got to think about the health and uh, safety of people and uh, they have to be applauded for that anyways uh, just uh, going back to some of the cost cutting uh, measures that are already uh, going around so uh, Lando Norris and uh, Carlos Sainz have both agreed to take a uh, voluntary wage cuts at uh, McLaren uh, as part of the uh, the, the cost saving uh, measures that have been uh, put in place uh, by the team to try and help them uh, get through this uh, coronavirus uh, situation 
And well, of course, I mean, the, the, the first eight races of the year have either been postponed or canceled and uh, teams are really under, uh, under a lot of pressure because of a, a lot of the, uh, the, the uh, lack of uh, action on the track with no, uh, uh, no races going on. Um, <laughs> Formula One did put an early uh, factory shutdown uh, for all the teams. They've uh, they, they put in a delay for the new 2021 rules, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But still, I mean, there's uh, you know t- the teams have to do what they can do to re- reduce the expenditure because, like everywhere else, I mean, a lot of businesses don't have very much money coming in at the moment. Anyways, uh, Science and, uh, and Norris have uh, accepted a reduction in their salaries, and uh, again, a number of the the, the team staff at uh, McLaren have been uh, given uh, temporary layoffs uh, well until this uh, situation uh, passes. Anyways, uh, Zach Brown, CEO, and lots of other senior uh, management are also uh, taking uh, pay cuts as well. Anyways, a spokesman for McLaren had to say, quote, the McLaren group is temporarily furloughing a number of employees as a, a part of a wider cost-cutting measures due to the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on its business. These measures are focused on protecting jobs in the short term to ensure our employees return to full-time work as the economy recovers, end quote. Anyways, uh, so the, the the British government is allowing companies to, to furlough their staff and they're going to pay uh, 80% of their wages up to a, a maximum of £2,500 per month if uh, their jobs are, are kept uh, open. Anyways, uh, as we keep saying, uh, Formula One is still hoping to get some sort of season uh, t- together. So if that actually does turn um, to uh, actually turn out to, to be true uh, or come to pass, then uh, a lot of these people obviously are going to get uh, hired uh, back. Anyways, Again, it's still still up uh, in the air, and uh, we'll, we'll wait and see what uh, what happens. Anyways, going to take uh, another quick break here before we get into the next pile of stories. So don't go away. Uh, we'll be back here in just a uh, just a few moments. All right. Well, welcome back to Scuderia F1 here on the Overtime Media Network. Okay. Well, we've already talked, uh, or I've mentioned it a couple of times in the show so far this week that uh, the, the first eight races of the Formula One season now officially canceled or postponed until a further uh, to some future date. Anyways, uh, Silverstone has uh, set a deadline to get a, a decision on whether or not uh, the British Grand Prix, which is uh, currently scheduled to be run on the 19th of July, which is, uh, well, it's, it's still about three and a half uh, months away. That's uh, and a lot can change uh, between uh, now and then. Um, anyway, so th- there's no uh, decision being taken yet on the the, the British Grand Prix. All the races uh, after the Canadian Grand Prix, which includes uh, uh, France, Austria, uh, they're still on the, the 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 schedule. Like I say, I mean, most of these are two and a half to three months out already. So who knows, right? But uh, each is uh, as each and every day passes, it uh, of course makes uh, these uh, makes it less likely that these uh, events are going to be held. Anyways, uh, the bosses at Silverstone, they've uh, set a deadline by the end of this month uh, to get a decision on whether or not the British Grand Prix will go ahead this year. Um, anyways, uh, the promoters of the, the British Grand Prix said uh, on Wednesday this week, that, and uh, I quote, uh, Silverstone and Formula One remain in close dialogue regarding the ongoing situation and we are assessing the feasibility of holding the British Grand Prix on the 17th to 19th of July. 
We fully appreciate that other UK sporting events in July have taken decisions regarding their events, but it's important to highlight that their logistics and sporting arrangements differ from Silverstone's, and therefore our timeline gives us until the end of April to make a final decision. The safety of our fans, colleagues, and the F1 community will be our priority, and we will continue to engage the appropriate authorities, end quote. Well, yeah, I mean, we've seen that. I mean, Wimbledon was another uh, event uh, that was cancelled in the UK this week. And uh, I mean, it, it, it really just is uh, coming all the time. I mean, we, we first saw it uh, you know, several weeks ago here in North America with the cancellation of the NBA, the NHL, postponement of the Major League Baseball season. And NASCAR was postponed. So again, it, it is just uh, a... a, a it's just the trend. I mean, everything's being canceled until it is actually safe for people to, to congregate in larger groups. I mean, uh, in so many countries around the world, uh, their gatherings are limited just to a, a couple of people. And uh, it's going to be like that for, for quite a number of months, uh, several months at, uh, the, at the very least. Anyways, uh, it just makes sense that uh, that Silverstone is going to put that uh, that that hard uh, date, draw that line in the sand, so they can um, they, you know just find out one way or another. I mean, if there's too much uncertainty, just cancel it or postpone it. Uh, I know it's a lot of money, but again, I agree with the statement. I mean, the the ultimate. The, the top priority has to be, like they said, the safety of our fans, colleagues in the F1 uh, community. That has to be the priority. So anyways, we'll wait and see. I mean, we got, uh, we're, we're just uh, at the beginning of April. So a lot is going to happen this month. Guaranteed. There is going to be a, we, we got, we're in for some dark, heavy days coming up over the next uh, several weeks. And uh, probably the, uh, well, I, I know for a fact, whatever the decision is made regarding uh, the 2020 British Grand Prix at Silverstone, it's going to be a footnote. It's going to be a little note somewhere on uh, what happens in uh, this uh, the, the, the next uh, several weeks ahead. But again, you can understand with, uh, with all the logistics and everything that needs uh, to be done to host a Formula One uh, event, that uh, we we don't want to be in uh, the, the same situation that um, that we had with the Australian Grand Prix. I mean, uh, they're they're going to come up to it and they're going to start uh, uh, canceling more races, just like we were talking about uh, last week on the show with the other uh, the promoters at um, at the Canadian Grand Prix currently uh, scheduled to uh, to be the season opener. But uh, they too will uh, need uh, to make a final decision with Formula One in the, probably the next couple of weeks as well as to uh, whether or not uh, that's going to 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 be run this year. As well. Anyway, so let's talk a little bit now about some possible scenarios that we might see uh, for an abbreviated um, uh, Formula One season. Anyways, one concept that has uh, been floated out there is that uh, Silverstone could uh, perhaps uh, host several of the races later this year using a, a reverse layout on the track. And uh, I love Silverstone. Uh, don't get me wrong. I think it's a great circuit. And, and I think this is an interesting one. I mean, uh, at first I'm like, eh, well, I don't really like the idea of having several races being run at the same circuit. But hey, if we can get the season, if 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 the situation out there actually allows for it and we can have some sort of um, some sort of Formula One season at later on in the year, in the summer, in the fall, whenever it might be. I'm all for it if as long it is safe to do so and if that means running multiple events at the same uh, venue and and having different um, track layouts I think that's a, a possibility I think that uh, that really should be looked at um, uh, seriously and uh, I think this is uh, kind of cool anyways um uh, <clears throat> when they were uh, Stuart Pringle, who was the the managing director at Silverstone, he was talking to Sky uh, Sports News earlier this week, 
And he had um, the, the, the following to say, quote, all I've done is say to Formula One, we are willing to work with them in any way, shape or form that they think is best in interest of the championship. The majority of the teams are within a stone's throw of the circuit. So operationally, it would be pretty straightforward to host multiple races. We've got fixed in- infrastructure. The staff could go home to their own beds in an evening for the large part. If that's how we can help them, then I'm very pleased. I'd be delighted to do that. We'll do what's ever asked of us. End quote. Anyway, so I, I think it's kind of cool um, that uh, that uh, that they can maybe uh, do something like that, and I think that, that uh, we have to look at alternate uh, scenarios. And I hate uh, the, the the term "thinking outside the box." I think it gets used way too much, but we have to be uh, you know unorthodox. I mean, drastic times cost uh, obviously. Uh, really require drastic action, and if uh, and when this uh, this pandemic passes, and it will pass, we're we're going to have to get everything up and running again, and that in, in includes sports. And uh, I, I think that we're going to have to consider each and every scenario. Well, I say we. I'm using the royal we. The the, the powers that be in Formula One will have to uh, to, to consider all sorts of uh, different alternatives if they're going to try and run some season at uh, at some point uh, later this year. Anyway, so there, he was also asked if there was the, the, the possibility of running the, the, the track in reverse for a second uh, event. Uh, Pringle said that uh, Silverstone wasn't licensed uh, to do so. I didn't even know that um, <laughs> that was a thing, but he didn't rule it out. Anyways, he had to say, quote, it's not such a silly thought. We're not licensed to run the other way, but these are extraordinary times. And I guess that extraordinary decisions are being made. Nothing's off the table, but equally, let's uh, see what the next four weeks look like. It's difficult difficult for Formula One. They're not just looking at what's going on in Great Britain. They're looking at what's going on around the world and how their travel arrangements have to fit in. It's perhaps not such a crazy question, end quote. Yeah, I mean, we got to be uh, really flexible and uh, see what uh, see what happens. Anyways, th- this was an interesting one. Um, this was uh, posted on motorsport.com uh, earlier this week, and uh, they, they just uh, went through some of the different uh, scenarios, and they asked the question, how many races does Formula One need, actually need, to declare a season? I mean, we are all spoiled in uh, this day and age. I mean, we are all looking forward to a 22-race season or whatever it was going to be uh, this year. I mean, I've completely fr- <laughs> forgotten, but anyways, the norm over the past number of years is about 20 races a year. I mean, literally, we we have a race, if not every weekend, every other weekend for for most of the year, except for the three-week break in the middle of summer, which feels like an absolutely, uh, the the longest eternity uh, when you get to the Hungarian Grand Prix and then it's over and done, that three weeks or three and a half weeks, whatever it is, between Hungary and uh, and Spa and Belgium at the, uh, uh, towards the end of August. It uh, well that it's going to be a walk in the park whenever we get back uh, to normal. That uh, you know after we've seen so many races uh, canceled and uh, it seems like the the, uh, the the season ender at Abu Dhabi last uh, November that seems uh, an eternity ago. But hey, I, I mean after uh, after we get through this, I mean it's uh, three weeks for summer break is going to be like a, a walk in the park. Anyways. Uh, getting off, uh, going off tangent there a little bit. Uh, anyways, it, it was interesting to to see this uh, th- um, thrown out there and just the the, the the discussion because last week the the the, the topic was uh, the discussion was around the comments that uh, F1 CEO and Chairman Chase Carey made that uh, he was looking to have some uh, some sort of a, a calendar abbreviated season of fifteen, maybe eighteen races, uh, depending uh, you know, when we're able to get back uh, to racing here once the uh, uh, you know the the pandemic situation uh, starts to clear up, uh, and this would uh, 
be dependent uh, on on the year starting sometime in the summer and probably going into December. I mean, we're, we're not really all that far off it already. I mean, uh, the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix at the uh, Yas Marina circuit, I mean, that's usually around November 29th, uh, more or less. I mean, it's always the last weekend in uh, in November. So to get into December wouldn't uh, be all that much, uh, much of a stretch. I mean, uh, you could uh, rearrange the calendar, probably, you would think, to uh, get uh, races uh, probably in some southern uh, hemisphere uh, venues rather than northern hemisphere. Obviously, there's going to be summer in December in the southern hemisphere as to going into winter up here in the northern hemisphere. Anyways, they would uh, need to have just half of the uh, you know the the 15 to 18 races for the championship uh, to be uh, declared valid and actually crown a championship. And as um, as it set out in Article 5.4 of the Sporting Regulations, the minimum number of races they need for a season is just eight. And that uh, on the flip side, the, the, the maximum amount of uh, races uh, allowed under the regs are 22. And that was uh, obviously uh, revised to accommodate uh, the extra event, which uh, would have been either the Dutch or the Vietnamese Grand Prix this year. Uh, and uh, previously that was uh, set at uh, 21. Anyways, uh, and some of the other conditions that Formula One uh, must meet with any revised uh, schedule is its classification uh, of the World Championship, and uh, that is uh, defined in the uh, FIA's International Sporting Code. Anyways, it states in order to qualify as a World Championship, the calendar must, quote, include competitions taking place on at least three continents during the same season. So there you go. <laughs> they would have to find some way to run races in uh, in Europe, maybe in Asia, uh, North America, and uh, South America, possibly. I mean, there, there's no uh, lack of uh, venues to race in Formula One. I mean, we had 22 on the calendar this year. Uh, obviously, they're, they're clustered into different uh, geographic uh, regions regions in Europe, North America, South America, Asia. I mean, there are lots of different uh, places. So that is uh, interesting, but uh, who knows if uh, they could uh, pass some sort of emergency measures if need be to still get uh, an entire season in, but uh, maybe they're struggling if uh, if they can't get uh, to all three, uh, the, the minimum of uh, three continents. Anyways, uh, two great uh, day Grand Prix and a January uh, finish. This is another uh, option that's um, uh, being thrown out there. And uh, they're open to the idea of uh, having a season that runs into January 2021. And uh, this uh, comes uh, from the, the mouth of uh, Ferrari team principal, Mattia Bonato. Um, anyways, uh, Bonato said uh, that uh, the teams are being as flexible as they possibly can to uh, allow Liberty Media to do what they they need to do, and uh, that's why they're they're open uh, to the, uh, the the um, the the concept of two day Grand Prix events and uh, the extended season going into uh, into January 2021. Anyways, uh, Bonato told uh, Sky Italia, "quote We are engaged in constant dialogue. I have felt along with the other team principals that these are crucial moments." With regards to the timetable, we have given Kerry and the FIA the freedom to define the calendar as they need to, to under these conditions. We can also have two-day weekends with free practice moved to a Saturday morning so we can meet the logistical needs in case of Grands Prix being close together. In, in addition, the current shutdown leaves room for the possibility of being able to compete in August if there are conditions to be able to do so, end quote. So I think that's uh, cool. I, I I always kind of, th- maybe Formula One's changed. Maybe, maybe it's just my concept, but uh, maybe I grew up and uh, have been a fan for so long that, uh, that anytime it seemed like there was any 
anything that kind of went uh, against the, the the status quo. It was uh, met with the the utmost uh, stubbornness and the, the lack of willingness to to get something uh, done. And somebody would threaten to pull out of Formula One, and uh, <laughs> Ferrari being the, the the obvious one, but. I know it's taken a long time to to get that uh, the, uh, the 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 twenty twenty one regulations or what were going to be the twenty twenty one regulations uh, ratified and approved by all the teams. I know the Concord Agreement isn't signed, but the the, the thing is, even though that th- this progress appears to be glacial at times, it seems to be a, at least in my recollect, uh, recollection, and maybe I've just uh, <laughs> assumed a uh, a position on my own. Uh, just form that in my mind, and I'm just not accepting of a reality that uh, that uh, teams are more flexible than used to be. Anyways, it's it's good to see that uh, that they are considering all different options, and uh, the, these are extraordinary times. And uh, there, there are no, uh, I, th- I think that no options should be left off uh, the the table. Anyways, uh, moving along to the next item. So uh, just talking about some of the uh, the, the, the races that have uh, been cancelled. Uh, Baku, they're hoping to, to get back on to the uh, 2020 calendar at uh, some point should there be an abbreviated season. Uh, the Azerbaijan Grand Prix, uh, which is held Baku City Circuit, that has been postponed uh, for now. So it hasn't been cancelled. Monaco and uh, and China, they were obviously uh, cancelled, uh, but uh, Baku postponed, possibly could uh, get back on there um anyways oh sorry china wasn't uh well i mean it was canceled but only monaco uh, it's uh said definitively that they are not uh, looking for a replacement date for for 2020 um australia on the other hand is um there's questions about there just because the it'll be in a temporary uh, uh facility for the uh, the albert part uh, uh sorry albert park uh, circuit uh just getting that back up and running and converted into a grand prix track that seems like it would be very very uh, difficult and laborious uh, to do twice in the space of uh one year anyways um we, we will wait and see i mean some of the other uh temporary uh road circuits which uh, include hanoi and baku um it it could happen so i mean we can't write anything off yet but like everything else it is just uh until we, we know exactly what's going on it's just going to be uh, more of a question mark as to whether or not it's going to happen Anyway, so now we're going to talk a little bit about uh, alternatives uh, to Formula One. And uh, Charles Leclerc and uh, Alex Albon, they've uh, joined up uh, with the F1 esports uh, field. I think this is uh, really cool. We've seen this uh, already with the Not the Oz GP and Not the Bahrain uh, Grand Prix. And we've seen uh, different uh, esports uh, gamers. We've seen Formula One uh, drivers. And we've seen other, uh, you know, uh, sports personalities and athletes uh, joining. And I think it's kind of cool. Uh, so uh, Leclerc and Albon, they're they're going to be making their esports uh, debut, and uh, as uh, and that also includes uh, Williams driver George uh, Russell, Lando Norris, and Nick uh, Latifi. They were already uh, at the not the uh, Bahrain Grand Prix a couple of weeks ago, and there were a couple of uh, former Formula One drivers, uh, including Stoffel Van Dorn, Esteban Gutierrez, and uh, Nico Hulkenberg. So I think that's uh, pretty cool. And uh, also apparently Johnny Herbert's gonna gonna be uh, involved again. Uh, <laughs> so that's kind of cool. And also, um, England cricketer uh, Ben Stokes is gonna is gonna take part as well. And I, I think it's really cool to, to to see that there are, are there are options out there that, uh, and we're we're seeing this all, all over the place as uh, as people are being forced to stay home and uh, and look at alternative measures that uh, we're we're seeing things uh, coming up. And at the very least, it is just a little bit of a taste of um, something that's a distraction, a little bit of. Uh, 
something to look forward to in these uh, very dark and, uh, and, and and nervous times. Anyways, time for one final break here on the Formula One, uh, sorry, on the Overtime Media Network. Getting ahead of myself here. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a moment. All right, welcome back to Scuderia F1 here on the Overtime Media Network. All right, just uh, sticking with esports, apparently Lando Norris said he's uh, more nervous in sim racing than driving an actual Formula One car. So uh, I thought that was kind of amusing. He said, quote, I get so nervous sim racing for some reason. I get more nervous than I do like in an actual qualifying session. I don't know if it's because you don't have the adrenaline of driving the actual car, so you kind of forget about the nerves. In sim racing, you're just sat in a seat. It's a bit more peaceful and quiet, and you're literally just driving. You think about a few more things. I need to try and calm myself down as much as possible. I start shaking and getting all nervous. I always ruin my qualifying laps because I get so nervous, end quote. Anyways, I've been playing quite a bit of uh, Formula One uh, 2019 on the PS4 in uh, the last uh, couple of weeks, and I'm uh, actually kind of really enjoying it. Uh, obviously, I got like a, a lot of cheats and driver's aids uh, on there, but uh, it's good fun. Anyways, uh, just uh, going back uh, a little bit, I got a little bit out of my uh, order of my notes here. Um, apparently, uh, just we're going to talk a little bit again about some of the cost-cutting uh, measures that are going on in Formula One just to keep um, the expenditures under control until things uh, get back uh, up and running again. Anyways, so they could extend, and this is Formula One, uh, could extend the 2020 factory uh, shutdown for several more weeks just to keep uh, costs under control until we get some sort of definitive idea as to when and if the season is going to, to get uh, get going, uh, as I mentioned earlier in the uh, the, uh, the, uh, the 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 show, currently that is uh, June fourteenth. Um, well, again, like we say, anyway. So I, I think that's a good idea. If um, you know everybody, well, not everybody, but uh, lots of people around the globe have uh, shifted uh, to working from home, if uh, possible, and remotely, if 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 possible, in different uh, different types of jobs and professions. And, uh, and, and th- this is happening in Formula One as well. Some of the staff that have uh, been uh, laid off are <clears throat> obviously not working, but uh, some of the teams do have staff uh, working uh, remotely. And they're also looking at uh, an engine freeze that uh, could be another uh, big step in trying to uh, reduce uh, uh, costs uh, on the uh, on their current. Uh, this is in regards to the current uh, power units, is, and this is more of an emergency measure if uh, they need to impose any uh, more uh, reductions in costs uh, to uh, to save uh, some of the teams out there. So, um, you know, they've already uh, delayed the, the the introduction of the new 2021 spec cars until 2022, and uh, you know, carrying over these cars from uh, 2020 into next year that's already been agreed to so but there's going to be a lot of money that's uh, not going to be there so uh, one of the uh, the ideas that uh, that they're looking right now is uh, a reduction in the budget cap from the what's going to be the the, the current 175 million dollar level uh, that when that's going to come in the start of next year. So um, there are some concerns that moving that uh, number down by 25 million dollars or more would uh, really only affect the top three teams. And um, and well, again, it could uh, you know. <laughs> put them in the situation to lay off people uh, at a time where maybe there's not going to be a lot of other jobs out there in the uh, the, uh, the economy. So anyways, uh, the teams are talking in other areas where they can uh, reduce costs. And uh, that's even considering maybe delaying the new car rules up until 2023. Um, and this is all on the table until the, the, the global situation becomes uh, more clear. Anyways, uh, there is, uh, there is uh, a current understanding between all the teams to make sure that all the decisions 
are made to to secure the teams that are there uh, in Formula One at the moment, and uh, for for their all their mutual uh, benefit rather than uh, the, the the benefit of uh, individual teams. So, uh, Mercedes has already approved a plan to uh, keep a ban on the uh, on, on the new DAS, this uh, the, the new steering uh, system that that they had, even though they're the only team that's uh, running it. And uh, Ferrari uh, supported a delay to the new car rules, uh, even though uh, <laughs> they were uh, you know they they appear to be behind uh, Mercedes with the cars uh, that they both. Both have uh, this season, so engines uh, could be uh, another one—a development freeze—and uh, it, it may come to that. Uh, like I was saying just now, that uh, drastic times call for drastic measures. They might just have to uh, uh, to do that. Anyways, uh, like I was just saying just now, they are looking at delaying the introduction of uh, what was going to be the new cars in 2021 into 2023, and this is according to uh, Christian Horner, team principal at Red Bull Racing, and uh, the. If it if it helps keeps uh, costs down and it uh, just helps preserve uh, the, the teams in Formula One, helps keep uh, people in jobs, I think that's a, a good thing. Anyways, uh, Christian Horner had uh, the following to say, quote, we are talking about pushing back a further year, the, the new regulations, because in my mind, it would be totally irresponsible to have the burden of development costs in 2021. There seems to be a reasonable agreement, but it needs ratifying by the FA to push back those development costs into 2022 for introduction in the 23 season. The most important thing we need now is stability, because one thing we know is that whenever you introduce change, you introduce cost and stability right now, right now and locking down as much of the car as possible is the most responsible way to drive those cost drivers down. End quote. Again, I think that's a very good idea. And uh, Horner also went on to talk a little bit about the, um, the 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 budget cap and saying, "quote The cap is a ceiling. It is almost secondary, as far as I'm concerned. It is reducing the cost in order to go racing." With, let's say, 60% of the chassis frozen for the next 18 months, that will have a dramatic effect on reducing the operational costs of a Grand Prix team, whether it be for Red Bull or for Williams. End quote. Anyway, so Ferrari, they were one of the teams that uh, that were uh, backing the, uh, the the rules delay to send what they say is a responsible signal and that uh, Formula One is uh, doing the, the, the right thing, even though it has put them in perhaps a disadvantage to some of their rivals. Anyways, um, Mattia Bonato had to say, quote, considering the current baseline and the feedbacks from the test, we don't think we have an advantage with this choice. It wasn't an easy decision, but it had to be made. It is a special moment and it was important to give a responsible signal for the future. The regulations for 2021 remain the same, but there will be room for aerodynamic developments. We have yet to, de- to define that in detail. We are discussing it with all the representatives of the team with the and with the FAA to understand what will be frozen and what will be open to development. But we, we will aim to maintain the DNA of Formula One, which remains com- competition and comparison, end quote. Again, I think that uh, responsibility and doing the right thing is absolutely the um, uh, the, the the right thing to do. Anyways, uh, Formula One, they've already taken the step of uh, banning the development of uh, the, the cars for the new regulations uh, that are due to come out in 22, uh, maybe into 2023, for the remainder of the year, uh, this year, following a uh, ruling from the World Motorsport uh, Council. Um, so again, I think that's a, 
a, a good thing. Just uh, let's uh, keep everything in perspective here. Let's focus on uh, one thing at a time. And the first thing has to be that once the situation allows, let's uh, take a, let, let's look and see if we can get some sort of a season going uh, after all that. Anyways, uh, like I was saying just now, uh, again, uh, Mercedes has uh, decided to uh, accept uh, that uh, the the DAS uh, system that they had uh, will uh, be uh, banned uh, for um, for tw- uh, in the future. And again, I think that's a good thing. I mean, <laughs> it seems kind of silly uh, to talk about that and think about uh, how much uh, that they had in the the this, the uh, potential uh, you know <laughs> potential uh, performance gains on other teams. But again, uh, it, I think anything responsible like that at the moment is uh, just good. Anyways, we're, we're going to just uh, talk about a couple more things. We start to, to wind it down. Just some, some finally, some normal Formula One to to, to, to talk about and uh, get away from all the, the negative uh, COVID-19 related news on, on the sport. Anyways, uh, Sebastian Vettel was saying that uh, he said that happiness is more important than money in his next uh, Formula One uh, uh, contract. And um, this is in uh, regards to some of the, dis- uh, the, the, the discussions that he's having with uh, Ferrari about uh, a new uh, uh, new contract. Uh, he's been there now since uh, 2015, and uh, he's been talking with uh, Ferrari over a new contract in uh, recent weeks. Uh, Matteo Bonato said in, uh, in in February during preseason testing that he was confident that, that Ferrari and Vettel would uh, would soon come to agreement for a new contract. But uh, Vettel said that uh, in a recent uh, interview that uh, money isn't the, the most important factor in those uh, discussions, and he had uh, to say, quote, it depends on what's important to you, what drives you, and that's fair. If money is your motivator, then it can drive you very far, and it can make you very successful. There's a lot of sportsmen, businessmen that th- thrive for money. I think the question really is whether people have a sense of enough. That's just not valid for Formula One. We are putting our life in a way that is also on the line, then you need to show some appreciation for that. Our careers are also shorter than some other careers. I think the really important thing is that you are happy. That's the key. Obviously, F1 is a bit of a circus and a spoiled circus because they have a lot of money involved and money tends to spoil people. I think on average that's true. But the question is like if I said you had a sense of enough, end quote. So Vettel, I mean, he's still a fairly young guy. He's uh, going to turn 33 this summer. He's also uh, been uh, thinking about uh, what his future is going to be after Formula One. He hasn't completely ruled out maybe racing in some other championships after he's done in uh, Formula One. And he's already been in uh, in Formula One in, since 2007. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's uh, kind of a... Uh, gone really quickly. Anyways, that's just my perspective. Anyways, uh, he said that uh, he's realistic about the future. He knows he's not going to be in Formula One in 10 years. So he he started to think about that. So he said that uh, he feels that uh, that he's uh, fortunate to be in the p- position that uh, he feels he can try maybe some uh, different things once he's uh, decided to stop racing in Formula One. And uh, he has some ideas, but uh, he hasn't uh, decided yet uh, as he what he might do. Anyways, uh, Charles Leclerc, Vettel's uh, teammate, says uh, he doesn't believe that a uh, lack of a uh, a contract uh, with the uh, Ferrari uh, won't uh, destabilize or distract uh, Sebastian Vettel at, uh, at any point uh, during the year. And uh, he expects that uh, once we get back to, to racing, that uh, Vettel will be very a very strong competitor uh, and, and rival. Anyways, uh, Charles had to say, quote, I feel very lucky to be in a position where I have a long-term contract and I'm happy to be in this uh, position. I also know his position in a way, as my last two years, I only had a one-year contract. I don't think it will destabilize him so much. He is a very strong driver and I expect him to be strong anyways, end quote. 
All right. Well, just a couple more things here just uh, before we go. Uh, this is a, a little bit more of a, an economy and a business kind of side things. Anyways, uh, Aston Martin said that uh, their plans to return to Formula One with the works team uh, next year in 2021 are still um, on the on the the current uh, time uh, timeline, despite that there are some warnings that the parent road company could run out of uh, money within twelve months based on some of their uh, spending uh, habits in the past. Anyways, uh, obviously, luxury cars of uh, of all different kinds are going to be hit very hard by the uh, the the, 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 the downturn in the global economy because of the uh, coronavirus pandemic. Um, I mean, all all areas and all sectors are going to be uh, hit uh, pretty hard over the next uh, little while. But anyways. Uh, there was some concerns about a uh, lack of capital in uh, the scheme that was uh, outlined uh, back in March uh, after after uh, Lawrence Stroll came on board with his uh, consortium. Anyways, uh, there was a company statement issued by uh, Aston Martin earlier this week saying, quote, taking into account the proceeds of the capital raised, uh, the company is of the opinion that the group does not have sufficient working capital to meet its requirements for 12 funds following the publication of the original prospectus. This is due uh, due to the increased impact since the company published the first supplementary perspective of 13 March of COVID-19 and the ongoing and unquantifiable uncertainty it has created and continues to create, end quote. So following a general meeting last Monday, it has also been suggested that uh, they might have to uh, delve into up to 150 million pounds of loans and other financial uh, instruments available to them uh, to see them through the next uh, 12 months. But uh, still, they, uh, they they still are on track to get into Formula 1 for 2021. Uh, Lawrence Stroll was very clear that his plans for a racing point uh, to become Aston Martin were still uh, going on. Um, uh, Stroll said earlier this week, quote, I and my co-investors in the consortium continue to believe passionately in the future of Aston Martin Lagonda. This is most clearly demonstrated by our own investment of £262 million, which underpins the financial security of the company. This is a very significant capital raise of £536 million, due to be made by my consortium and other shareholders at a very challenging time. This gives the necessary stability to reset the business for the long-term future. We have a clear plan to make this happen, happen, including Aston Martin entering F1 as a works team next season. And I look forward to working with the management team to deliver this program, end quote. Interesting that uh, that even during this very un- uh, uncertain uh, time in on the planet uh, that uh, that they still are going ahead, and it's also good to see that uh, people are looking beyond what what's happening, uh, you know, right now currently, and uh, that that there is a future out there that, that there most uh, definitely is once we get uh, past the, the 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 current situation. Anyways, uh, just to finally wrap it up here now, just uh, sticking with uh, Lawrence uh, Stroll, he says that uh, having Aston Martin on board brings what he calls pressure and uh, expectation. Uh, Anyways, he had to say, quote, the group of men and women at Silverstone are true racers and their determination and spirit are one of the main reasons I invested in the Formula One team. After 30 years, they deserve this opportunity to represent this legendary brand. We are continuing to invest in the team and give everybody the resources required, and we will see the benefit of those efforts this year as Racing Point. 
With the Aston name comes more pressure and expectation. We will need to be competitive from the outset, but I have no doubt that the team at Silverstone will continue, will rise to the challenge and do the Aston Martin name proud. A brand with the pedigree and history of Aston Martin needs to be competing at the highest level of motorsport. I think it's the most exciting thing that's happened in recent memory of Formula One, and it's incredibly exciting for the, all the stakeholders in the sport, especially the fans. I can't think of a better name for an F1 team. The global spotlight of F1 is second to none, and we will leverage to this reach to reach the showcase the Aston Martin brand in our key markets, end quote. Anyways, it'll be very, very interesting to see how they do once they get back into Formula One. And Racing Point or Force India, it's always been, uh, to me, a very interesting team. Uh, they, they've always been, to me, a team that's punched above their weight in terms of what the, they can do uh, in, the, in their uh, former selves as, uh, as Force India. Uh, they didn't always have the biggest teams or, or the, the biggest budgets or money to work with and uh, not always all the resources. But I think at times they were able to do a lot more with a lot less. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what they can do with the the, uh, the power and might of Aston Martin behind them and all the money that uh, Lawrence Stroll and his uh, group of investors, his consor- consortium, are bringing to the table. Anyways, I'm starting to get a little bit hoarse here. I'm going to leave it there. Again, guys, stay safe, stay healthy, take care of each other, be kind to one another. We will get through this uh, pandemic situation together. We all have to do our bits. Remember, do what you can to stay home, stay healthy, wash your hands constantly with soap and water, do all the things that uh, they're being told to you, and just uh, in general, take care of yourselves. Anyways, Thank you very much for downloading and listening to the show. I'll be back again hopefully next week. We'll see uh, just taking it week by week and also uh, talking with uh, some other people, maybe doing some other things to keep some Formula One content coming. And, uh, you know, honestly, it's been very stressful in in my life, as I'm sure it has been for you guys as well over the past uh, little while. I mean, uh, we're we're all worried at the moment. And uh, as I said last week on the show, this sitting down here and doing this is not a way to ignore what's going out in the world. It is just a, a bit of a, a, distra- a distraction to talk about something that we love and anything that's a, a little bit positive. And it's it's just, it's good. It feels good just to get away from the, 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 the bigger picture at the moment because the other 167 hours of the week are basically focused on uh, the, 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 the bigger picture out there. And just to talk about Formula One for just even an hour a week really does uh, make a difference. And I, I hope you guys feel the same way. Anyways, if you want to get in touch with me with any co- questions, comments, or feedback, please do so. You can uh, tweet me on Twitter at ScuderiaF1Pod or email me at ScuderiaF1Pod at gmail.com. That's a wrap. Take care of each other. Talk to you again soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Scuderia F1 podcast. If you want to get the show notes for this episode, then head over to ScuderiaF1Pod.com. Want to get in touch with us? Then email us at ScuderiaF1Pod at gmail.com.